You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh weekly. For more hot takes, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. I always keep it funny and I always keep it cute. And if you're like me and you want to stay up to date with the latest reality tea, go and give us a follow at No Filter with Zach on the Instagram. What's going on, Zach Pack? Hey, Aoko. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Pam. What's going on, guys? Hi, Highlight House. What's going on? Jenny Friedman on Instagram. Chris O'Shea. Shelly girl. Shelly, Shelly girl. Okay. Hopefully you guys are ready. We have a lot to break down tonight. Erica Jane has been very happy on social media posting about her new court win. So we'll break down the court win. We'll also be breaking down what's going on on um, the over at the LA Times with Trisha A. Bigelow and, and where her connection is. We'll probably do a little bit of a recap of Beverly Hills at the end of this as well. But if you guys do have questions, save those for the end because I will be doing it. Uh, you make my Thursday afternoon so fun. Yay. Thank you so much, SJ Walazik. Walazik. What's going on? Are you ready? Okay. I also figured tonight I would do a, a Beverly Hills throwback since there are so many rumors about Real Houses of New York. So I figured I was going to do a throwback with a little skinny girl margarita for tonight's Thursday Thursday. Let me know what you're drinking. I'm hoping you're drinking some no filter wine. I have my no filter wine right here. <sighs> but I also wanted to do a little skinny girl margarita moment. Okay. Because it's Thursday and I felt like this was a good week to celebrate. So we're doing... Some skinny girl margarita. I don't get any affiliation for for doing this. So, cheers. Let me know what you're drinking in the live comments below, and I'll give you a shout out. Mm. <sighs> I'll make you good, Margaret. Okay, box boy, Rich. You've been speaking the truth about Erica from the beginning. Haters need to take notes. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like a sticky flicker and I'm about to get on the floor and be like, thank you. That's all I wanted. Here's the thing. I always knew I've reported with integrity. I always knew I read the court documents and I always knew the facts of the case. Okay. Ooh, Mary Ann calling in from Florida. What's going on, Mary? Ooh, Dennis calling in from Denmark. Hi, Dennis from Denmark. Hi, Zach. Thank you for making my week every week. Aw, thank you, Dennis. I appreciate that. Hi, Sarah Bahu. After that Beverly Hills episode, I'm ready to drink some no-filter white wine. I know that's right. Hi, Linda. Oh, my God. Linda is so sweet. Linda, you're always so sweet on Twitter. Erica needs to come on the pod now. Listen, guys. We're gonna, we've been manifesting it, and I feel like, you know, the, the jade egg inside my coochie is about to, to activate. Holy Spirit, activate. 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 Holy Spirit, activate, activate, activate. Okay, Lauren, we'll get into last night's episode of Beverly Hills. I promise. Okay, let's see. Let me, oops, wrong. Sorry, guys. I had my notes, and then I got distracted with my Skinny Girl Margarita and my shout-outs. Give me one second to pull them up. Okay, here we go. Okay, so let's start off with, I guess let's start out with Erica's court win. So Erica wins in court. What does this actually mean? Oh, thank you, BM Garcia 0811. Thank you for the, the badges, my love. I appreciate that. Any love in the badges on Instagram, I appreciate. 
in the super chats on on YouTube. I appreciate it. If you're watching this on YouTube right now, smash that like button. Smash it hard. Ooh, Elaine's got her Pinot Grigio out. I love it, Elaine. I love it. Okay, so what does this mean for Erica? So Erica was named as a defendant in a case that was brought on by two attorneys, Philip Sheldon and Robert Finn, that they served as co-counsel on a case with Girardi Keys back in like 2008, 2009. So they're now suing for commission fees that they claim they didn't receive or didn't fully receive at the time that they were due. Thank you, Jenny Friedman, for the two badges, my love. Um, so in a new hearing, because this case has been going on for a minute, in a new hearing, a judge has the judge assigned to the case has determined that there is no evidence that Erica Girardi had any knowledge of what was going on at Girardi Keys of, or of any misappropriation of any funds, nor does she have any fiduciary responsibility to Sheldon and Finn as she was not a lawyer at the firm. Let me repeat that. Erica was not a lawyer at the firm. Therefore, she has no fiduciary responsibility to anyone that's entitled to money at Girardi Keys, not Tom Girardi personally, but Girardi Keys. The law firm, the judge determined there was no fiduciary responsibility. Ronald Richards was coming at her for aiding and abetting in Tom's misappropriation of the funds, obviously. So this is where I get a little frustrated with him trying to be like, I'm fighting for the victims. Can we consider Sheldon and Finn a victim in this? Um, I mean, maybe their case has yet to be proven. Um, but again, they're not clients of Girardi Keese. They're co-counsel, right? So they were lawyers that helped Tom Girardi and they're saying that they didn't get all of their money. My thing is this was from what, 2008, 2009? And now all of the sudden you guys are now coming out of the woodwork claiming that you didn't get all of your money from what, 14 years ago? 15 or 12, I don't know, over 10 years ago. It's been over a decade. And now we're coming out of the woodwork and Ronald Richards is over here being like, I'm a defender of the victims. Woo woo. I mean, come on. And he wonders why I call him Ronald McDonald. So Erica was deposed by none other than Mr. Ronald McDonald, Ronald Richards himself. Sadly, though, Richards has lost his case against Erica. Richards says that he is still going to pursue Erica's former company, EJ Global LLC. We'll see where that stands. People have been coming for EJ Global LLC for, what is it, we're, we're about to approach two years now. Nobody's been able to really hold anything. Um, yes, these things do take time, but I mean, come on. At what point, you know... Do we stop? Like this little this little choo-choo train, this little engine that could, he's about to realize he can't. He's almost out of gas. So anyway, he says that he's going to be moving forward and pursuing EJ Global LLC now that he can no longer pursue Erica directly. It's unlikely that he'll get far with that. As again, EJ Global is, has no fiduciary responsibility to Sheldon and Finn. Um, EJ Global was not an attorney at Girardi Keys. Thank you, Sherman Beebe, for the badge, my love. I appreciate that. I appreciate you guys who sent all the badges. I love you guys. I appreciate you. You're the bomb.com. But yeah, if Erica had no fiduciary responsibility, EJ Global also likely has no fiduciary responsibility. Um, so I think it's unlikely that he's going to get far with his case against EJ Global. EJ Global was established back in 2008, so it is kind of right in line with this case since they worked with Tom in like 2008, 2009. So it's not that EJ Global was established after the fact. Well, actually, well, no, I think 
it was around 2008, 2009. EJ Global was established in 2008. So I'm pretty sure they have a solid case of like, oh, well, the money came in around this time. Erica's funding began around that time as well. He's going to try to skew it and make the argument. Um, but I would imagine there would have to be some sort of like statute of limitations issues here, right? Like it's been over 10 years. So I would imagine that would come into play. Also, the fact that EJ Global is no longer a functioning company. And I believe EJ Global closed prior to them opening up this lawsuit. So because EJ Global closed technically at the end of 2020 around when Erica divorced Tom. So it's not an active company. How are you going to sue a company that's no longer active and hasn't been in operation for almost two years now? I don't know. I think it's it's a stretch. But, you know, if anything, we know Ronald McDonald likes to stretch things out as far as he can. But given that these two, these two attorneys know the law very well, I'm pretty sure even they know that this Erica piece is a fishing expedition. David Lira is also named in this lawsuit as well. He is also a defendant. I think he they have a stronger case against David Lira. But, you know, Ron's going to go after Erica as much as he can. Evan Seaborg, just Erica's attorney, he seems to be pretty confident. He claimed that the judge got to see all of the evidence against Erica and still released her from the case. I would imagine that Evan uses this ruling to help Erica win other lawsuits against her moving forward, since we know that there are a few of them. Um, and they're all essentially making the same claims against her and EJ Global. They're all claiming the same thing, that she knew something, that she got the money under, you know, bad pretenses or whatever they're trying to claim or skew so at this point, I think, if anything, this helps her other cases because if they can use this case as, you know, an example for other cases as well. This judge saw the evidence and saw that there was no proof that Erica had any knowledge, number one, nor did she have any fiduciary responsibility. So there's that. It was interesting. There was somebody in the comments that was like, they like wanted to fight with me. And they were like, well, I was like, they were like, well, just because there's no evidence, that doesn't mean that she's not guilty. And I was like... Well, but sweetie, we live in a country where everybody's innocent until proven guilty. And they were like, well, that's with that's with criminal cases. This is a civil case. And I'm like, OK, so what so what's your point? What is she guilty of? Because either way, the judge released her. So I don't understand what your point is. Um, lack of evidence means there's no proof. If there's a lack of evidence that I jumped out this window right now, you have no proof that I ever jumped out this window, because guess what? I probably never jumped out the window. You're looking at me right now. There's evidence of the contrary. So there's that. But let's not forget, let's definitely not forget that Ron Richards was hired specifically by the bankruptcy trustee for Girardi Keys to investigate Erica and came up with nothing, zada, zilch, zero, which is why he was fired by the bankruptcy trustee. So actually, sorry, he was not fired. He amicably spit, uh, parted ways. He, you know, it was, a, it was a mutual decision. They were, they consciously uncoupled. If anything, I would say that the trustee has the strongest case against EJ Global as they can be the ones that can collect on any outstanding loans that are due from EJ Global to Girardi Keese. But it doesn't appear that they're moving forward with anything substantial there to collect out on, on those outstanding loans. It looks like what the trustee is doing is trying to settle the cases that they currently have 
have because that's money that's currently on the table that they can use to pay people back. There's a lot of money in some of these cases. So it makes sense that they would want to close these cases out and bring that money in to pay back all of the former creditors rather than go after Erica and EJ Global. And Erica and EJ Global are not the only ones that Tom was writing off on his book saying that he was giving loans to people. He was doing this for many people. This was kind of one of the tax loopholes that he was using was saying that he was giving people loans. When you actually go through a lot of the court documents, there were many people that allegedly received loans according to his tax documents, not just EJ Global. So I would imagine it was a way to shuffle around the money, possibly, you know, some form of money laundering, um, tax evasion, all of those things, which only Tom Girardi and Girardi Keys can really be held accountable for. I would imagine that none of the other debtors to Girardi Keys would necessarily are or are necessarily going to be pulled into this. And again, the only one that can that I think has the strongest case is the bankruptcy trustee because they're the ones that are overseeing the funds at Girardi Keys and trying to bring them back in. Um, so we'll we'll have to see. I mean, Edelson also, I think, probably has the strongest case only because it's very um, detailed. His case, and he has all the players named, that also seems like a really big fishing expedition because the net that he's cast is so big that he's likely not going to get all of the players involved, nor is he going to get all of the money that he's asking for because it's a lot of money. It's, what, a $50 million lawsuit? He's not going to get all of that, and he's not going to get all the players, but he's more likely going to get something by casting such a big net. Um, and then for everyone that's like, we need to pay back the orphans and the widows, They've, as far as I'm aware, the orphans and widows have been paid back. Jay Edelson, so if you want to put some credit on his back, he's claiming to have paid back those victims. He's claiming that out of pocket, he gave them the $2 million that they were entitled to that they never got from Girardi Keys. So they've received their money. I just want to clarify that for everyone. They receive, according to him and according to what he's pledged, again, I don't know if this is an Amber Heard sort of pledge or the check has actually been delivered, but as far as I've been made aware Jay Edelson has covered that and he is now suing and he's going he's trying to get reimbursed by the people that he's trying to sue in this 50 million dollar lawsuit okay so just so everybody knows the orphans and widows as far as we know have received their money from Jay Edelson okay so if anything you're now just like fighting for Jay Edelson go Jay um or whatever you want to claim whatever makes you you know sleep well at night because everybody's such a social justice warrior on Twitter out there these days, right? Um, okay, so that's everything about the latest case against Erica. It was a $5 million lawsuit that Ronald Richards was trying to spearhead for Sheldon and Finn. Sheldon and Finn are still trying to get their money. Again, I mean, I'm actually curious what you guys think. It's been well over 10 years. Are Sheldon and Finn still entitled to this money? And if they are, why didn't they come after it sooner? Like, why did they wait until everybody was starting to put their hands out for a paycheck? Also interesting that none of the actual victims hired Ronald Richards. Only some former attorneys decided to hire Ronald Richards to, to serve to run their case. Um, and he doesn't seem to be doing a very good job of it, right? I mean, he can't even get Lyra. Lyra is one of the easiest ones to go after, and he hasn't even gotten anything to stick to Lyra. Um, I don't see Erica as the face of racketeering. She was the arm candy for Tom for 20 years. That's a really good point, Sarah. Um, the claim that Edelson PC is making is that Erica was the front woman. She was the face of the racketeering scheme or conspiracy to commit racketeering. Rather, is the 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 actual, um, what they're trying to stick her for, the accusation. So... 
But the argument that they're trying to make is that as Tom's arm candy, she was propped up as a front woman for this racketeering or conspiracy to commit racketeering scheme. So that's the point. So even if you see her as just arm candy, the point that he's trying to make is her being arm candy was their way of projecting wealth. Um, The argument that I've made is, well, a lot of people projected wealth. A lot of people protected his image. A lot of people supported his image. So um, Val Portis said Statue of Limitations. Are you referring to uh, Sheldon and Finn? Yeah, I would think that at this point there would have to be a Statue of Limitations issue, Val. Um, But yes, again, let me know in the live chat. Do you think Sheldon and Finn are entitled to whatever percentage of their their cut of that settlement money? Do you think that they're still owed that after 10 years? Eat the carbs. Thank you. Eat the carbs for the three badges. Woo woo. Um, Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Why why does Ronald McDonald have such a hard on for Erica? I mean, that's a great point. I did an Instagram video on it um, about his ex-wife, his first wife that he brought in from overseas. It was seemingly a 90-day fiancé sort of situation, um, and she ended up leaving him at the end of the day. So um, I've heard that there may have been a lot of money invested into bringing a 90-day fiancé over. Uh, sorry, it's Aaron said, sorry, it's been too long. I'm not sure this is legit anymore, but sorry that they lost their money. I mean, they're claiming that they lost their money. Are they really hurting for the money, though? My thing is, it's like, are you really hurting for it if, one, you're still a practicing attorney, and two, you waited 10 years? Are you really hurting for it, though? Um, it was wrong if they got gypped and Tom took advantage of them. I wanted, I want to clarify that is wrong, and he should not have done that, and everybody's entitled to the money that they worked hard for. I know just today I had a brand that I've been like hounding, being like, hey, I worked with you. I delivered my contract. I'm owed money. The invoice is way past due. Hello, hello, hello. Um, But I was very on them because, listen, a bitch needs a paycheck. Let pay up. Money by Monday, Randall. Jenny says, I can't wait for Erica to be able to put all of this behind her. I agree, Jenny. I agree. Um, Maybe, but not from Erica. Okay, so Russ says maybe they're due their money, but not from Erica. Yeah. Again, no fiduciary responsibility. Have to go to a Zoom for my business. Uh, thank you, Zach. Good night, everyone. Good night, Jenny Friedman. Thanks for joining on in. Um, hi, Miss Loopy Lori. The pretty mess if you must. Is it a case where is it a case where is suing for greater than he paid out? Yes. So Edelson, I believe you're referring to the Edelson PC lawsuit. He's suing Erica and a bunch of other big players. I did a whole video on it where I explained the whole orphans and widows case, all the people that are allegedly involved, uh, what the connections and accusations of them are. Um, but in a nutshell, he the, the clients that he's representing were owed $2 million, right? He was trying to sue them in Chicago. That case ended up getting dismissed, so he's refiled it here in California, Um, and so he's essentially fighting for that $2 million that the clients didn't get paid. They got paid some of their money, but there was still 2 million that was outstanding. He's now given up, given them that money, but he's also charging. Oh my God. I don't remember all of the things, but he, there's like one, uh, he's charging for like damages, attorney's fees, back pay on attorney's fees. Like he's charging, there's all, um, 
well, yeah, I guess damages, right? Restitution. So there's a lot. He's asking for a lot. And so he was able to stretch $2 million into $50 million. So, you know, we'll see how much of that $50 million he's able to get. Uh, oh, Giselle. Sorry. Uh, Giselle says, it's so weird that Erica is the fall person, yet the only one who did not pass the bar exam and who was not there to see the books. I'm so confused. The bar association knew we, yeah, we assumed the bar association knew we assumed that there were reports. The reports were seemingly getting shuffled on out. Tom did have some friends at the California state bar association. That has been a, um, a narrative that the LA times has tried to push the California state bar has claimed that they've just been so backlogged and they haven't been able to keep up with the influx. So it's interesting. Aaron, Tom is the villain, not Erica. So I am glad she is finally being proven to at least for today. Yeah, I feel really bad for Erica. Even when she has a win, she finds out about the mistress's house. Okay, Aaron. So let's get into the mistress's house. Okay. Trisha A. Bigelow. I like to call her Jigolo Bigelow. Um, Miss Booty, 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 Booty rocking everywhere. So it's now been reported, according to a new report in the LA Times, that there is a transaction linking from a client trust account at Girardi Keys with funds that were given to Judge Trisha A. Bigelow to purchase a $700,000 beachfront condo in Santa Monica back in 2015. Okay, remember everyone was like, oh my God, the earrings, the earrings. They were linked to a trust account, the earrings, the $700,000 earrings. Well, this isn't the first time that Tom has done this. We're now finding out that he gave Trisha A. Bigelow, who is a judge and who is a sitting judge up until last year, he transferred $300,000 out of a client trust account over to her so that she could purchase this condo, okay? It was a condo that she was actually going to be sharing with her then fiance, who had no clue that she was, one, having an affair with Tom Girardi, or two, that he helped her purchase their new vacation home. So she's over here telling her fiance, I got us a new vacation home and we're going to be able to look out onto the beach and it's going to be so fabulous. And he's like, yeah, this is dope. And then he ended up dumping her once he found out that she was having an affair and that her sugar daddy is the one that ended up helping Miss Jigolo Bigelow get this Santa Monica beachfront condo. So it's interesting, though, that her attorney um, previously told the L.A. Times, remember this, what did this come out last week or maybe the week before? But the L.A. Times did an, an article on her where they revealed that she was claiming that she had turned over all of the gifts that Tom had bought her. She wouldn't disclose what gifts. She wouldn't disclose the value of the gifts. But her attorney was saying, she found out. She knew that it was wrong. She stepped down. She did have an, a multiple years affair with Tom, which is why she was allowed to receive these gifts because we know judges can't receive gifts from attorneys unless they're in a romantic relationship. So she owned up to being in a romantic relationship. And he's like, but she stepped down. She no longer is a judge anymore. And she received those gifts in good faith. And she turned them over. And when the LA Times was like, can we find out what she actually turned over? And he was like, no, sorry, I plead the fifth. And then the LA Times was like, okay, well, we're going to do a little more digging. Only to find out 
According to the Times, it appears that it was just under $15,000 worth of jewelry that um, it appears was given to the trustee. Now, it's unclear whether this actually was given by Trisha Bigelow. The the trustee has disclosed that a friend has turned over just under $15,000 in jewelry. So we're assuming that's Trisha Bigelow. Jigelow Bigelow. Miss Booty Booty Booty. Judge Booty 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 rocking everywhere. Um... However, it appears that the 300000 is still in the wind, not to mention the value of that cosmetic surgery that Tom allegedly purchased for her, a.k.a. the new badonkadonk, the new booty, 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 booty rocking everywhere. So it appears that I don't, I was trying to find this number or proof of this number, but I remember just somewhere in my blonde brain, my bleach blonde brain, I want to say that the the but job that she allegedly received was 15,000 or sorry, not 15, 10,000. I believe it was 10,000. I may be misquoting or pulling that number from somewhere else. So don't quote me on that number necessarily. However, 10,000 plus the 300,000, that's what 310,000 that's still unaccounted for that. It doesn't appear Trisha Bigelow has ever returned to the trustee probably because Trisha Bigelow doesn't just have over 300 grand just sitting in her back pocket. That's why she needed Tom to help buy her a condo. That's why she needed Tom to help buy her a new butt. She ain't got it like that. So, but you can't go and go, Hey, LA times, look at me. I'm so good. I gave up all my jewelry when your jewelry was less than 15,000. And yet you continue to benefit from this whole lifestyle Way more than just the jewelry, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Giselle, by the way, love your content, but Tom gave me an idea. Next time I get caught up, I'm going to claim dementia. JK, so shady. You're so funny. Um, yeah, Judge Bigelow shows some empathy. I mean, she did her, her exclusive to the LA Times, and she's like, we gave up all the stuff. We gave up all the gifts. Mm. Yeah. You sure did, girl. You sure did. You do you, boo, right? Um, okay, let's see what they're saying on the Instagram. Um, well, actually, before I get to the Instagram comments, it is interesting that, um, so, like I said, we know she's no longer a sitting judge. She stepped down last year. But the interesting thing is that her attorney is claiming that she didn't know that Tom was using stolen client funds. She believed that he was a successful attorney here in L.A., which brings us back to Erica. So if, you know, here Judge Jigolo Biglow had no clue that Tom was using stolen client funds and she's a judge, what makes any of us think that Erica actually knew? Erica was the arm candy. Erica was the trophy wife, right? Guys like Tom kept their cards close to their chest. And the last people that they're telling are going to be the women in their lives. Not the wife, not the mistress. If anything, they're telling their attorneys or they're telling their other powerful buddies here in, in legal town. But the last people that they're telling are their wives and their mistresses. So, But in terms of the rumors and the rumblings, if Trisha A. Bigelow is claiming that she didn't know anything... Um, maybe she knew that, maybe she knew something. I, she had to have known something, but if she didn't believe that the gifts he was giving her were purchased with stolen client funds, or even realize that the money he was transferring to her, because I believe that 300,000 was a direct transfer to her so that she could purchase this beachfront condo. We know Erica never received the cash. Erica just got an Amex card that she was just swiping left and right at Neiman Marcus. Erica was just charging up the Amex. Erica didn't receive any of the cash. We know that all of these transfers were just, um, they were 
tax write-offs. Essentially, he was writing off her bills as loans, even though they weren't actual loans. It was all, you know, again, seemingly money laundering, seemingly tax evasion. I'm no expert, so don't quote me on that. I'm not making an accusation. I'm just saying that's what it seems like. It's what it looks like. Um, but who am I to, to make that judgment, right? Um, but yeah. I don't think Tom told either of these women what he was doing. What about her LLC company Tom was flushing money into? Again, Linda. Listen, Linda. We don't have that without that. She didn't receive like he didn't funnel money into it. Okay. So for anybody that's new, what he was doing, she had an Amex. She was charging the Amex. The Amex bill would go to Girardi Keese. Girardi Keese, and I'm assuming his bookkeeper, Chris Camone, was paying for the Amex bill and then on their taxes he was writing it off so let's say she spent ten dollars at the salon I know that's not a real number but let's just do you know example here okay ten dollars at the salon then she charged it to the Amex Chris Camone or Tom Girardi or whoever received that ten dollar bill on the Amex that ten dollar expense transaction whatever they paid the Amex bill for that $10 and then on their taxes wrote off Girardi Keys gave EJ Global LLC $10 as a loan. It was an investment that they were making into EJ Global, right? So it's not that Girardi Keys ever put $10 in Erica or EJ Global's bank account. It was just how they were writing off these expenses. So the money never went into the bank accounts. Um, all right. Jesus Christ. I'm laughing so hard. I love you, Zach. You are hot shit. You break everything down. Thank you, Chris. Wow. LA Times doing God's work. I mean, LA Times is out here getting it. It's so funny that the LA Times used to have these hard hitting stories and now they're just all writing about housewives. So I think it's funny. Trisha stole the goddamn house. Oh, yes. Trisha stole that goddamn house. Yes, because it's technically stolen client funds. Wow. I mean, technically she paid, let's see, we have seven. He gave her three. So she paid 400 grand. Imagine that though. Imagine you get this gorgeous condo looking across the beach here in, in Santa Monica. Well, I'm not in Santa Monica. Santa Monica is technically Los Angeles. I live in downtown, um, not near the beach in the city, but Santa Monica is off at the beach. Um, but think about that. You're like, damn, my sugar daddy came. He gave me 300 grand to put down on this house. I only have 400 grand to pay. That was what back in 2015. So it's been seven years since then. Imagine you're like, oh my God, I'm so close to paying this off. Or, oh my God, I finally paid off my condo only to find out your condo was purchased with stolen funds with somebody else's money. Could you imagine that? Like being like, fuck yeah, I paid this off. And then at the end of the day, boom. It was a stolen house. I stole this goddamn house. Poor Kim Richards. She should call Kim. Kim, I'm sure, can relate. Oh, my God. I haven't had a sip of my margarita. Mm. <sighs> nice and watery now, just how I like it. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts? Should Trisha return the house? Should she return the butt? Why isn't Ronald Richards going after her? I actually believe Ronald Richards said he wasn't going after her, that there was no that. Yes, actually. Yeah, he did. I believe he gave a quote to the L.A. Times where he was like, no, she returned her gifts. I have nothing to go after her for. Bitch, what? 
Are you kidding me? You have nothing to go after her for? How about a whole house and a booty, 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 booty rocking everywhere? But is he going after that? No, he's not. Because she's not on Real Housewives and she ain't going to get him the attention he wants. Y'all. She doesn't look like Erica. I don't know if Tom had a point. Holly said, I'm lost. What are you lost about, Holly? I'll help explain it to you. That margarita any good? I mean, it wasn't bad, but I had a bunch of ice in it, and now it's nice and watery. So will she lose the condo? I mean, shouldn't she give up the condo the same way everybody wants Erica to give up the earrings? You know, I don't know. Not the ones that they lie about because Erica never personally had the money. Exactly. Erica never personally had the money. I think that we can believe why she can come. Oh, why she, I think we can believe why she can claim she didn't know, but her actions are ridiculous. It's like she has no empathy for other human beings. I think that will be Erica's downfall. That's a good point, Brittany. So here's the thing. I I feel like I'm always get I always get beaten up for defending Erica, but I've never I've repeatedly repeatedly go back and watch every single episode of hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. It's available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube. Um, go back and listen to everything I've ever said about Erica. I've never claimed that she was likable, and I've always said if you don't like her, that's one thing. That doesn't make her a criminal. That doesn't make her guilty. And that doesn't mean she knew what Tom Girardi was doing. If you don't like her, that's fine. I'm not saying anybody has to like Erica. I think Erica even knows that she's not the most likable person. I don't think she's trying to be likable. Now, has she, um, do you get a lot of hate online for defending Erica? Here we go again. (laughs) Um, I defend the legalities and I defend her innocence because according to the law, she's not guilty of anything. Is she guilty of being unlikable? Sure. But likability is subjective. Likability is not, you know, I happen to like her personally most of the time. You know what I mean? So likability is subjective. Do I agree with everything she does? No. Do I agree with everything she says? No, but I'm not her. I'm also not in that position to judge her in that way. You know? I think if any of us were in that position, we would be under a lot of heat and people probably wouldn't like the decisions that we would have that we would be making either. As much as we think we're holier than thou and we think, oh, if I were in that position, I would give up the diamond earrings in a second. We're not in that position and we can't we don't know what to do. We don't know what we would do unless we're actually in that position. I think most people think that they're holier than thou and they think that they would do everything that they can. I would like to believe that I would do everything that I can. Um, but again, I have never been in a position that like that, that I wouldn't know what that level of betrayal would be. You know, Erica is a 48 year old woman who has lied, who has been lied to, and she has to start over and what he did to her. Oh my God. That's a good point, Giselle. That's where I kind of look at it. You know, you may not like me for that, but again, that doesn't make her guilty. That doesn't make her a criminal. That doesn't mean she deserves to go to prison. That doesn't mean that she deserves to be sued for any of this. Um, but to your point, Evelyn D., yes, I do get a lot of heat. Um, I don't know if I would call it hate. I don't think I'm hated by anybody. Um, maybe I am. I don't know. I don't really. I try not to really let it affect me. But Erica doesn't give two craps who likes her or not. She does it. And listen, can you really be mad at her for that? I think it's a level of confidence many of us wish we had. Um, Or maybe some people consider that delusion. I don't know. But 
Yes, likability and culpability are two completely different things. So let's not confuse the two. You cannot like her character on a reality show. That's fine. Doesn't mean she deserves to go to prison or jail for things she didn't do. Alexander Harper, Zach, I have truly become obsessed with you. You are the baddest bitch of Bravo news and so professional yet conversational and comical and so informative. Also, you have you are a beautiful person, honey. Oh, Alexander, that's so sweet. I want to like frame that and put it on my wall. I want to write that on my mirror and lipstick. That's very sweet of you, my love. Thank you. Um, Skinny Girl is not good. I personally like Skinny Girl. I just have not drunk very much of mine tonight. So it's gotten very watery. I personally, well, the classic margarita. I've had like the cranberry Cosmo and some, and the, the white peach, whatever. A little too sweet and not my liking. But the, the classic margarita, I actually enjoy. I wanted a little tahine to put on the rim, but I couldn't find tahine. Tahine is so hard to find in downtown LA, you guys. I don't know why or how. I mean, I should probably like check Target. I'm sure Target has tahine. But um, yeah, there's a tahine shortage in Target. Erica was only into herself and all the things she did. Erica didn't know anything. Yeah, I believe that too. If they sell the condo, they would have to take what she was given and whatever it's valued at at the time will still be there. She'll be fine. Well, also, but here's the thing. If they end up taking the condo and liquidating the condo, right? Because this is also the issue with the earrings is there. That's why the earrings had to be appraised, right? Because there may be, they may be worth more than what they were purchased for. And if they are worth more than they're purchased for, then who gets to keep that additional money? Um, also, you have to factor in inflation and the value of what something was back in um, what? 2000 whatever compared to today and you know what is the inflation rate how is that determined by the value does that even matter is only the monetary piece what matters so if the earrings were purchased for $750,000 or $700,000 then and they're now worth $1.2 million what then happens with that other extra few hundred thousand dollars does Erica get to keep that because it was a gift from Tom does the client get to to keep that because that technically wasn't theirs. Does Girardi Keys get to keep that additional money? That's why all of these things are very, very complicated. And they, you know, it's not as black and white as people would think. Again, morally, everyone's like, yeah, liquidate the earrings and all 1.2 should go back to the victims. But legally, some, and again, who, I had somebody on my podcast, one of the lawyers, and they're like, Legally and morally are two completely different things. The legal thing and the moral thing don't always align. And just because people don't like it, that's what our law says. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying it is what it is. Housewives fans are earning an honorary low degree between this and Jen Shaw, right? We are earning a low degree law. Um law degree. I agree with you, Sarah. I bet Erica is a loyal, sweet person. Um, we see a persona of Erica on TV. Also, people don't like to remember all of the things that she actually has said acknowledging the victims. If you go back and watch last season, if you watch the the holiday dinner at the Christmas dinner at Kyle's house, she does say anybody that was done wrong by Tom, they're entitled to their money. She says, I would like to know where the money went. She says, the only one that knows the answers is Tom. I believe today those answers appear to be honest. The only one that knows where the money is, is Tom. 
I believe that. Um, anybody that was wronged, they deserve their money. I believe she meant that. Um, what, yeah, like, uh, if you go back and watch these episodes and, and watch it with an open mind, not just the judgmental lens that most people went into last season with. Again, likability and culpability are two different things. We're only talking about culpability, okay? We're not talking about our personality and whether or not you like that she uses the C-U-N-T word. Um, Emily D. Baker says that legality and morality are separate. Okay, so maybe it was Emily that said that. Um, I talked to Emily a lot. I was actually texting with her earlier today. Um, so, yeah, it's true. Legality and morality are two different things. And I know Emily gets a lot of heat for it, too. A lot of people like to say they love Emily. But trust me, Emily gets a lot of heat for her own objectivity. And it's funny that somebody like Emily, who actually knows a lot better than bimbos on the Internet, like she gets so much heat for her legal expert opinions, many of which we happen to agree upon. Um, let's see. What else? What else? Thank you, Alexandra. Hi, Money Grace. Um, yes, but not an ounce of empathy towards the victims and orphans. Again, we, I just said, she said that at the initial dinner. She said it at the reunion. She said it in recent interviews. I was even going to clip together. I was like, I've seen so much of this footage. I know what she said about the victims and the orphans and the widows and all that. I was going to put together an actual montage. Maybe if somebody's out there and they have a little extra time and they care to do it, put together a montage of everything she's actually said because she's actually acknowledged the victims multiple times but everyone's like oh but what about that one time that she called the victims liars when did she call the victims liars oh when they were in la quinta okay what did she actually say she didn't call anybody a liar she just said their cases have yet to be proven that their claims and allegations but they have yet to be proven and again the victims are being lumped in such as this case that we discussed here today with sheldon and finn represented by ronald richards they're technically in the category of victims are they really victims? Because I think there's a big difference between being, you know, losing your parent in a plane crash and not getting your full settlement and being an attorney that waited 10 years to say, hey, I didn't get two grand or whatever it is. I mean, they're claiming five million, which is not what they're entitled to. That's, you know, attorney's fees and all these other things on top of that. But I mean, come on. Erica has acknowledged the victims and I feel for Erica. Yeah, I agree with you. She has acknowledged them. Maybe not as much as people would like her to, but she's actually acknowledged them. And she's repeatedly said that she hopes that whatever, whoever was done wrong, that they're done right. But she's also like, but we have to wait to see how things play out. And so, and as far as I'm aware, and this doesn't get reported on, a lot of these victims are starting to get paid. The trustee has been able to broker these deals and use Girardi Keese's money to start to pay people back. People are getting paid back. And as I just explained as well, the orphans and widows have received their money. Do you see that reported in the press? No, you don't see that reported in the press, but it's happened. That's the part where I go a little crazy is so many people want to jump in and have an opinion. And I'm like, come at the, come at me with facts and we can have a conversation. Um, how is, uh, she has no ounce of, she has no ounce of empathy towards the victims, the orphans, the burn victims, the widows. How is that likable? Please explain again. 
likability and culpability are two completely different things. Also, if you want to be outraged at somebody, I think you should go be pissed at Jen Shaw, who's admitted to being guilty, owned up to her crimes, acknowledged them, has to pay, what, $9 million in restitution for her crimes? That's a lot of money, right? And her victims were elderly. So there's a good chance that a big portion of her victims were orphans because they probably don't have parents anymore because they're elderly and widows because they're elderly. And I'm pretty sure some of them lost their spouses. So Jen Shaw has her own cast of orphans and widows that nobody wants to hold her accountable for. She didn't do anything. uh, She didn't do anything to the victims. I feel for the victims, but it wasn't her fault. No one really knows what you would do if you if your world was flipped upside down. I agree, sassy sweet. Remember, she added her $400,000, so they have to give her back some money. Oh, that's true. Oh, that is true. That is a good point. She did put up some of the money. Um, Richards needs to go after the judge next. I agree. Richards should go after the judge. The earrings were purchased fully from the client money, so it's a bit different. Trisha has money in this. Yes, that is true. That is true in regards in compa- if you're comparing the beach house to the um, um, Twitter should be called bitter. I agree. Yes. If you're comparing the beach house to the earrings. Yes, there is a difference. My point is the appraisal process and whether or not inflation get factored into it, whether or not um, value and what depreciation, if that gets factored into it. Like if the earrings are determined to no longer be worth 700000 then is there money that's still left on the line? Like there are just a lot of questions. I don't have answers to these, qu- these questions, but these are big questions that will have to be determined legally. Um, Giselle says, what did she have to do with the victims? I'm from Chicago where a judge had enough with the California bar and said enough. My son is in his last year in law and I'm obsessed with the law. Jen Shaw stole from over 55 people. No, she stole from people over 55. Um, hi, Greta. Hi, Gita. Gita from Auckland, New Zealand. What's going on, love? Can you imagine being on reality TV and this breaks? I think she handled it well. She didn't know anything. She was an arm candy. I don't know if I would say she's handled it well, but I don't think anybody in that situation would handle it well. Um, Everybody that believes that they would be like, oh my God, my husband did this. Take my earrings. I think you're full of shit. If you believe that you would actually do that, you would be shell-shocked. You would have to process things. You would have to get through the motion. You would have tunnel vision. Like you would go through a series of emotions. People want Erica to suffer down to her bones. Yeah, they do, Emmy. Um, next week, Erica will be interesting. Okay. So should we talk about Real Houses of Beverly Hills? Because again, this is where culpability and likability are very different. Um, And I believe there will be a very hot discussion next week um, in regards to Erica's behavior because I don't think it'll be very likable. Brittany says, I understand, but even saying the brokers and lenders didn't get their money is still wrong. Why is it still wrong, though, if their case has not been proven in the court of law? That's the point that I'm trying to make. That's the case with Sheldon and Finn, which we discussed today. Do they actually have a case? They haven't even proven that they didn't get their money. So listen, I can go up to Girardi Keys tomorrow and say, hey, I worked on a case with Tom Girardi. He owes me $5 billion. I can hire Ronald Richards and be like, yo, Ron, he owes me $5 billion. Let's make a case against this. Name Erica. Let's get some press off of it. Boom. Does that mean that I'm telling the truth? 
Does that mean, I mean, even with Ron was representing what Nick, Nicholas Cage's ex-wife, um, who was claiming that she didn't receive all of her settlement. So then she was asking for more than what she was entitled to. Um, again, you can claim anything in a civil lawsuit. That doesn't mean that you're entitled to all of that money. Jay Edelson is suing for $50 million off of a case that only was was missing $2 million. Is Jay Edelson then entitled to all of his $50 million just because he says that he is? Because that's the, the argument that you're trying to make here. Just because they're, they're brokers and lenders and didn't get their money, it's still wrong. Yes, it's still wrong that they didn't get their money. Get their money back. But it's all these additional pieces, my love. Um, I'm not trying to fight with you. I just, you know, there are a lot of other pieces and elements. And I feel like you're not being open or receptive to that. You're trying to defend this point that, you know. Jesse with the purple hair. Oh, my God, my love. I haven't seen you in so long. I hope you're doing well. Erica needs to stay neutral and not say anything that would incriminate her. It's hard. It's a really hard position to be in. Um I think it's a really tough position to be in. Danielle, Danielle Galliani, a Gali, Galligani, Danielle Galligani, you are very patient with your explanation, Zach. Glad I was able to catch a live tonight. Listen, namaste, kumbaya, all the coochies, you know, doing my best, trying, all the jade eggs. I blame the dodgy lawyers. I blame them too, Emmy Got Love. I blame them too. Brittany doesn't seem to be blaming them. To be honest, Garcelle is just a super fan. Okay. 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 Zach, do you know what happened regarding Ronald Richards purportedly buying the Girardi estate? He's not going to buy the house. Joe, come on. Ron Richards is not buying the Girardi estate. It's all smoke and mirrors the same way he's always been all smoke and mirrors. He's like, I'm going to do this. Look at me. And then where are all his exclusive to page six now that he lost his case against Erica in court? Ron Richards is the king of smoke and mirrors. That's why I call him Ronald McDonald. The only thing that made me cringe about this whole Erica thing is that clip of her saying she only cares about herself. That's what I'm saying. It's rough. It's rough. Likeability and culpability are two different things. If you want to hate her for what she said, that's one thing. I'm only, when I'm here breaking down the facts, I'm only talking about culpability. I'm not defending her behavior or her likability. You can dislike her all you want. It's not what I'm here, that's not what I'm talking about. Um, now, if we are going to switch over to housewives and talk about housewives, we can talk about housewives. I don't think it looks good. I always like to wait only because there have been so many times, right, where we've gotten teasers and trailers that don't give us the full context. Um, so... I'm waiting to see what the episode actually brings before we make an actual, before I make an actual judgment of it. Um, but I think even she herself has said that she is kind of anticipating a rough go around with the, um, this episode airing. She's like, I was a little lit. I got a little angry. I lost my composure. I remember in the interview she was doing leading up to the season, she was like, there's a moment that I'm not very happy about. I don't remember it. I kind of blacked out and I don't remember what I said. And I feel like that happens to some people. They get into that rage of like a blackout rage and they say all these crazy things. I think that that's probably what we're going to get here. That doesn't make anything that she says right. We even see Kyle stick up for her. So hopefully Kyle gets a couple of brownie points for telling Erica, hey, I can't support that as your friend if you're going to say that. So 
We'll have to wait and see. We'll go live next week and we'll break it all down. Bust down Tatiana. I think even Erica realizes that she's not very likable. Again, I don't think she's trying to be likable. I don't think she cares. I've always been able to play devil's advocate and see both sides. Um, so I just bring up both sides. By that. Actually, okay, then that's a good point, Brittany. Then maybe I misread it and I will own it because I thought it was just being shady. I thought you were just being shady. And I will apologize because sometimes we do get people that come into the lives and they like to just be mean and negative and they like to bait me into fighting with them in the comments. Um, but I always, everybody that listens to No Filter knows, the Zach Pack knows I love to play devil's advocate and I always come from a position of devil's advocate. So I actually appreciate that because you do bring up some really good points that make me see things that sometimes I don't always see. So don't, I apologize if I snapped or got upset with you. Always play devil's advocate. I encourage all of you guys to always play devil's advocate. Don't be a cunt, but like, you know, devil's advocate. We always, it's always good to play devil's advocate to look at all sides. So thank you, Brittany. I appreciate that. I honestly don't think she knew Sutton even made the comment last season that she owned a baseball team that she didn't know about. Yeah. The husband controlled all of her money. Yeah. Yes. Try to be open and understanding. She's going through a lot. It doesn't make it right, but I'm surprised she hasn't had more moments of anger. Okay. So that's an interesting point, Emmy. I'm surprised that Lisa Rinna was the first one of the cast members to break. Granted, Lisa Rinna is going through grief, but the fact that Rinna is having her circle the drain moments on Instagram more than Erica. I was expecting Erica to have a mental breakdown, shave her head, you know, take an umbrella to somebody's car at some point. Um, so the fact that Rin is the one, that's interesting. But that's a good point um, in terms of, uh, you know, having our moments of breakdown and anger. Last night's show was a lot, but I did laugh. Uh, but I did laugh with Diana last night saying that Sutton, maybe she is. I couldn't help myself. I mean, listen, she made a joke. Was it a tactless joke? Yes. Was it a little mean? Yes, it was a little mean. Let's talk about Beverly Hills then. Um so we open up with Aspen. We're not going to get into the Kathy. So next week we're going to get into the Erica stuff. I believe Aspen's probably going to deliver four episodes. Um, only because this episode seemed to really kind of drag out the beginning of Aspen. And next week we're going to get into the Erica Aspen thing. And I would imagine that's going to be a two-week continued. And I highly doubt they're going to give us the Erica stuff and the Kathy Hilton stuff. So I imagine we've got a solid... It's possible that we only get three, but I imagine we get four Aspen episodes. We already are one down next week, and I assume the week after will be the Erica-heavy episodes, and then after that, we'll get the Kathy episode, and then we'll get Crystal's party after Kathy, Erica's hair launch after Kathy, and then we'll end with the finale at Kyle's house. So we got a little while to go. I would imagine we've got at least a solid six episodes left in the season, right? Because the reunion tapes next week, there's usually about four weeks in between when the reunion tapes and when the um, when the reunion tapes and when the reunion actually airs. So we're not going to get a reunion, I assume, until mid to late October. Yes, Kyle is definitely stirring the pot. And Jacques from the Unpopular Podcast made a really good point about how Kyle has been stirring the pot a lot this season, how a lot of people seem to be 
upset that Kyle's doing that. But for the most part, I think Kyle's just trying to make an interesting season because it feels like the other women aren't really bringing as much. So she's kind of like, let's drive some of these storylines. The issue is she's doing it every single episode and it's becoming fatiguing. I think it's really good when you can maybe push four storylines in an entire season, right? And you kind of just help nudge them along and then it kind of, the dominoes kind of fall as they may until we get to the end of it, right? Um, That doesn't seem to be the case because it feels like every single episode, Kyle's trying to forge the women to have conversations that they seem to be avoiding. So I get where Kyle's coming from, um, but it is annoying, and I think she does need to dial it back. Uh, Melissa Torres says, I don't like Erica Jane, but can be objective, and I don't think she knew. Can we please dig into the law from the lawyers and the staff already? Great point, Melissa. I think that's where I stand. Um, Yeah, I think that's where I've always stood. Yes, Kyle is doing her job, but the unfortunate part in Kyle doing her job is that she's is that the other women aren't doing their jobs, right? Like even in this most recent episode, she's trying to tell Sutton, why did you unfollow Erica? And Sutton's like, it was a joke. And Kyle's like, I don't get it. That doesn't sound honest. That doesn't sound real. And Sutton's like, it was a joke. It was a joke. It was a joke. And then Sutton decides, oh, no, it's not a joke. It's um, it's because she called me a C-U-N-T at the reunion last year, many, many months ago, even though we've had, you know, many endearing moments since then. And it's like, well, did you call, did you unfollow her because it was a joke? Or did you unfollow her because she called you a bad word? Or what's the case? Like that was a little murky and confusing to me so I understood Kyle's frustration in that um I did not like the you know cackling and I thought they were a little mean to Sutton this season that's not to say Sutton hasn't also been mean because if we remember Sutton's first season she made Teddy cry and had zero remorse over making a pregnant woman cry and I know people don't like Teddy so they're okay with that they're like I don't like Teddy so I don't care if she made Teddy cry all she did was to call Teddy boring yeah, she called Teddy boring. And yeah, maybe that's not the worst offense you can call somebody. And calling somebody boring versus calling somebody to see you next Tuesday are very different. However, we're taking away from the weight of making a pregnant woman cry, right? So there was no real apology for that. Thank you, Giselle Jimenez, for the, the super sticker on YouTube. Wow, thank you, my love. That is That is so sweet. Um, I think Sutton puts her foot in her mouth a lot and inserts herself in these situations a lot. I do think at some point Diana needs to let the mouse go. I think Diana is really dragging this out. Diana needs to not do the fake, I accept your apology, da-da-da-da, whatever, whatever. Um, But, sorry, I'm getting, like, breaking news as these things are happening. (laughs) Um, I, one, had a meeting that was pushed, and then, oh, shit, I forgot about the meeting, actually, but I'm glad it just got pushed. And then another juicy piece of information that'll probably be breaking tomorrow or something that I hear might sort of be breaking tomorrow, but who knows if it's real, who knows if it's actually breaking. Um, but yeah, so we've had like the moment of Sutton making Teddy cry and then feeling no remorse for that. Right. All of last season, Sutton was constantly kicking Erica while she was down saying you made a deal with the devil. Um, you know, saying all like, and, and then, you know, I don't know if I necessarily feel as intensely with Diana about the miscarriage stuff. I, I've never had a miscarriage. I can't identify with that pain or that struggle. Um, so to me, it's a little hard to empathize with with Diana. I have sympathy for her, but it's hard for me to empathize with her because I don't know that experience, right? Um, 
But like I do think Sutton does have a habit of kicking people while they're down and kind of putting her foot in her mouth. And I think people give her a lot more passes because they happen to like her and dislike Erica or dislike the other women that she happens to be going up against. But that doesn't take away from the fact that I think Sutton has thrown a few cheap shots herself. Again, I will repeat, I did not like last night's scene. I did not like them cackling at her. I didn't like them calling her a see you next Tuesday because you can tell that she's visibly emotional. She's visibly hurt. She's very shut down. I didn't enjoy that scene. But everyone coming out and saying, oh, that's so dark and it's just too much to watch anymore. And, oh, my pearls. Sarah Galley and her fucking articles on the Daily Beast. Um, Listen, guys, we've had dark. Fuck, I'm going to be tomorrow. I'm going to be in a feud with Sarah Galley. I apologize. That's just the first one that came to my head because I was seeing all the articles that she was writing. And I was like, oh, my God, this is exhausting. Um, it's just this this outrage, right? Because it's like we're we're upset and we're sad or we're angry and upset. And we're like, it's unwatchable television at this point. Um, Housewives has always been dark. Like, are you kidding me? Um let, even if we do Beverly Hills, first of all, Kim Richards storyline, dark, right? Um, Taylor Armstrong, the entire second season, dark. We outed this woman's domestic violence relationship on national television and then watched her spiral as the other women continued to pile on her spiraling. She got kicked out of Brandy Glanville's party after getting into a screaming match with Camille. Brandy literally then kicks Taylor out. Um, they denied knowing, some of the women denied believing that Taylor was d- abused domestically by her husband. Ronald Richards was denying it at that time, calling her her a liar and making fun of her face on Twitter. Um, Talk about dark. Her husband committed suicide and we exploited it for the show. Um, Like just all dark, all dark. Like I would say season two of Real Houses of Beverly Hills was so dark. Yolanda and the Munchausen, dark. Brandy Glanville coming for Taylor at the reunion, dark um, about writing a book about uh, Russell's suicide Um, or even if you want to go a little lighter and talk about like the women piling on each other Bethany Frankel slut shaming Luann and the Berkshires where she's like you screw everybody and and she's yelling at Luann bullying dark mean um just last season, okay, most recently, because you can say, oh, that was Housewives of the Past. That was back then. We don't do that anymore. We don't allow that anymore. We've evolved. We've changed. Oh, Daily Beast. Um, hello, Lisa Barlow goes on a vile, nasty rant about Meredith, calling her a whore, saying that she screwed half of New York, bringing in her family, talking about her husband switching jobs every other year, saying her family's nothing but a bunch of posers. Dark, evil, vile. How does the audience react? There's no outrage in the Daily Beast. We put it on mugs. We put it on t-shirts. We made memes about it and laughed at what a whore Lisa Barlow thought her good friend Meredith was and how she had a family of posers. So if you want to leave Beverly Hills out of this, but here's the thing, and you're saying Lisa Barlow's queen. Or, oh, yes, thank you, Vicky and Brooks and the fake cancer dark my god that was so dark them leaving in vicky's mom dying and her on the floor crying grieving dark my gosh you guys like 
the, like, just because we were what we're feeling a type, we're feeling a little sensitive and we like Sutton this season. We want to all of a sudden rewrite history. And the fact that this franchise itself is dark, everybody that's out there clutching their pearls was resharing re- re- Lisa Barlow's, um, her, her rant about Meredith. I mean, my gosh. I mean, there or there was the, the clip recently about Caroline Manzo at the reunion when somebody sent in, what was it? Uh, Teresa from San Diego said, Caroline, why are you saying that you can't identify with your daughter Lauren's, uh, you know, being overweight? I'm sorry. When you were on Real Housewives of New Jersey season one, you were fat. And Andy Cohen literally asked her that question at the reunion. And she had to take it and address it. Like, this, these shows have always been dark. This shit has always been going on. Like, shut up with your fake woke bullshit. Like, we're not going to play that card. I'm not saying it's right, and I'm not saying I like it. But I'm just saying you can't all of a sudden act like you have a moral compass. Okay? Let's chill out. Because there were so many people that are just like, I can't watch Beverly Hills anymore. Oh, my God. <sighs> Having a heart attack over it. And I'm like, oh, my God, you guys, enough. Nene and, and Kim, dark. Thank you, Wit. Thank you. All of Vicky's exes better get married by her. Oh, my God, that would be hilarious. So, yeah, that's my rant of the night. Yeah, Kim Rit. Richard's addiction with alcohol, the way that Lisa Vanderpump would explode and be like, where's Kim? Where's Kim? Um, Yeah, it's always been dark. It's always like these women have never been perfect, but we don't cast them on these shows to be perfect. Again, I didn't like last night's scene with Sutton, but that doesn't make. Oh, my God. Thank you. Phaedra accusing Candy. Thank you. Dark. That was dark. Um, I think it's because all of the hate for Erica is why people are acting like that. I agree. I agree. People hate Erica so much that they want to rewrite all of Housewives history and make it seem like it was never problematic. It was never dark. It was never whatever. What are we crying about? That somebody called another woman the see you next Tuesday word? People love Teresa Judice and she drops that word left and right. She calls people that left and right. She tried to expose her brother's wife as a stripper because she thought that that was going to harm her reputation because she was mad that she came on the show. Like, it's such bullshit. I love last night's scene, best part of the show. Okay, I don't, I wouldn't say I loved it. I mean, I did chuckle a little bit when she said, well, so are you, um, when Diana said that. But then I was like, okay, Diana was, I think Diana's a little harsh towards Sutton and Diana needs to let the, let the mouse go a little bit, let the air out. But yeah. Real Houses of Beverly Hills has the highest rating, so clearly everyone's watching it. Exactly. Exactly. They have the highest ratings. You know, everyone that's like, oh, Dubai is so good. Okay. Yeah, keep living in a land of delusion. You know what else is apparently dark? Chris Bassett's appendage. Oh, my God. <laughs> Joe! We can always count on Joe to... We can always count on Joe to, <laughs> to bring the levity. Please do Faye Resnick's book next for book club. Um... We're actually going to do the Meghan Markle book. I hear that. Talk about dark. I cannot wait to dive into the Meghan Markle book. That sounds juicy. Oh, my God. I was like, this is going to be a short live, and we're already over an hour. Okay, so let's wrap, because this is a long episode. But it's okay, because there was no podcast episode on Wednesday. Well, I guess I did a little a mini live stream about the Salt Lake City um, trailer dropping. So if you guys are listening to this on the podcast, you want to check out what my thoughts were 
on Railhouses of Salt Lake City, then you can definitely go and check that out on the YouTube channel. If you're watching this on YouTube, smash the like button on your way out. Hit the subscribe button. Do boring. I know that's right, Box Boy Rich. Heather's black eye dark. Oh, my God. You guys are hilarious. I love you. Oh, my God. I hope you have a wonderful weekend, everybody. If you're listening to this on the podcast, then you're probably listening to this on a Friday. And I hate... Let's sit, let's let's end on a positive note. Let's end on a lighthearted note, right? Um, Tell me something good. Drop a piece of good news that came to you this week. I would say I signed a contract this week that was finalized that I'll hopefully get to announce soon. I'm about to announce... A sec, or I'm about to sign a second contract that I've kind of been delaying, but I think by Monday I'm actually going to sign it, which I'm really excited about. Um, and I guess here's another question for you guys. YouTube has reached out to me and they want me to launch a subscription um, on my YouTube channel. They really, I've been offered by Patreon and a lot of people have been coming to me lately and they want me to do some sort of subscription model. I think I like doing it on YouTube because we can do live streams and we can chat and do the whole thing. Do you guys care about a members only live stream? If anything, I would want it to be like $2.99, like nothing more than $2.99, but I feel like it would be a fun way to mix in other content that's not super Bravo specific. Like I can go back and talk about my days working for Jenny, my days working with Donnie Wahlberg. Um, all of the celebrities that I had to work with, my tea on like working with Lala Ken and Randall Emmett, um, Courtney Stodden when I hosted a podcast with her. So I feel like it would be a fun way to kind of share some fun stories. Maybe that's where we do after parties as we do after parties exclusively for members on YouTube, um, because then we can get really unfiltered and have fun. Um, so yeah. I would I wouldn't want to charge more than $2.99. I would probably upload vlogs, do stories, more lives, you know, just kind of diversify the content. Maybe do additional instead of book clubs, because I want to keep everything that's on the channel currently, all the episodes, all the tidbits of tea, all the live streams that are currently on the channel. I want to keep those there. I don't want to move any content over to a membership. Um so everything that you're already getting for free, you will continue to get for free. But I'm just thinking of adding additional content and making that investment, you know, worth it by adding in other pieces of content that are a little more fun. So I think I want to launch that uh, probably this month. I think YouTube, like, let, let's do it. They want me to do something this month. So I was like, OK, let's do that. Um, that's not the contract that I signed and that's not the contract that I'm going to sign, but that was another offer that came in, I think earlier this week or at the end of last week that I was like, I don't know. I hate asking people for money. I don't, I never want to charge anybody. Um, so, I mean, if you guys are down, then I'm down to do it. You know, I only want to charge two ninety nine. I know everybody, like I get the climate of the, of, you know, Everyone's, you know, their wallets are a little tight right now. Inflation's a lot. Gas prices are high. So I don't want to do anything crazy. But what do you want to do in your heart? Um, in my heart, I want to eat chocolate and get drunk in my heart. <laughs> um, I would love to do it. I feel like it would be a deeper connection for like the true loyal Zach Packers, you know. I'm fabulous and I'm flaunting it. Um, I'm, what is it? I'm breaking news. I ain't scared of shit. I'm fabulous. I'm flaunting it. I'm fabulous. I'm flaunting it. Mm, mm, I'm still hot. I'm breaking news. I ain't scared of shit. I'm fabulous. I'm flaunting it. I'm fabulous. I'm flaunting it. Mm, mm, I'm still hot. I can also tell you guys things there that I can't tell anybody else. So that would be kind of fun. Um, 
like insider tea. I can be like, yeah, so this happened. I got a call from this reality star before this reunion and they wanted me to do this. And so we orchestrated this interview to air in time for this. Or this reality star made me cut out what her housewife's salary was. And here's the actual salary that I was not supposed to reveal on the show that I had to cut out of the show. That would be kind of fun. I would give you guys some real insider tea. You never want to charge anybody, but Jen Shaw is guilty, <laughs> right? Um, I wish my wallet was as tight as my... Okay, Joe. Okay. <gasps> popcorn. Sarah, you're reminding me about my favorite thing ever, popcorn. Oh, thank you guys. Okay, let's do it. Okay, well, then I'm going to wrap. Have a wonderful night, you guys. I'm still hot. Mm, mm. Stay hot, okay? Stay hot. Actually, don't stay hot because I'm burning TF up here in LA. It's been like a hundred degrees and I decided to go on a little walk today and oh my God, it was so hot. Um, but yeah, also, uh, I was on the ringer dish. They asked me back to do a fun VMAs throwback episode. So we dived into like the top moments on the VMAs. So if you have the Spotify app and you want to check me out on the ringer dish, a diet, pop culture history lesson into the VMAs. It's a really fun episode. You're probably going to have lots of LOL. So don't miss that. All right, guys. I love you. Cheers. I hope you are having either a no filter wine or a skinny girl margarita or whatever you're drinking. Oh my God. 93. Annika, that is way too hot. 93 here on Saturday. Oof. I'm still hot. All right. I love you. If you want to give me a follow at Just Plain Zach, head over to my personal account at Just Plain Zach so you can keep up with me and all of my shenanigans, neighbor updates, Uber drives, all that craziness, behind the scenes tea, Q&As, all that good stuff. Hit the like button on your way out. Subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com slash Just Plain Zach if you want full video live streams, full video podcast episodes, and tidbits of tea. I think Andy Cohen is going to be out of a job in three years, and Zach is going to be the new man. Mm, Listen. Listen, honey. Zach Peter is coming for it. What was it? It's taking me twice as long to, to get half as much, and now I'm coming for everything. Thank you, guys. I love you. I appreciate you. Have a wonderful weekend. Stock up on No Filter Wine at nofilterwine.com. Must be 21 or older to order. Please sip responsibly. All right, guys. Have a wonderful night. Bye, 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 bye.